Good morning. I'm Wimala, and today is December 16th. After having a really mild day yesterday, we had the big uh, winds last night, all during the night, and uh, never lost our electricity here. We were really lucky, but some friends not very far away in McHenry definitely lost theirs. And the little bit I looked at the weather this morning, apparently there were incredibly even higher uh, winds up through the uh, northern Midwest, I think Iowa and Minnesota and into Wisconsin. So I hope everyone is safe and uh, there hasn't been too much damage or terrible uh, trees blowing down wherever you live. I hope I hope you're safe and I hope hope everyone is uh, doing okay. So we're back in our book. We can move around in this a little bit more. Uh, and this is the book Wisdom is Bliss. I can read a little bit today and then let's sit together. There's a part of this we've read, we've been reading in Worldview. Ignorance Not So Much was one. So many good parts to this book, it's hard not to just read it straight through. Let's look at some. Let's read a little bit about right speech. Okay, I don't think I've read this before. And it under and of course in uh, uh, Robert Thurman's book. Wisdom is bliss. He's talking about instead of using the word right, like we often do just in the traditional Buddhist uh, Pali translation, he talk, calls it more appropriately realistic, the realistic Eightfold Path. So realistic speech is something that he has some really beautiful thoughts on. So it's a, it's, this is a, a long chapter. I'm just picking out some sections. Words shape our thoughts. In the most high-tech, advanced, esoteric ways, speech actually controls how we shape our bodies and mind, minds. Speech, at its most poetic and powerful, becomes mantra when it liberates the mind. Vajrahara Buddha 
made this famous statement in the esoteric community tantra. You should create your mind with your body form and your body with your mind form and shape your mind's form with your inner formulation of your words. Following that principle, we use words to shape our thoughts and our thoughts to shape the physical instruments of our experience. It is thus no wonder that the supereducation in ethics begins with the cultivation of wakeful, realistic speech. Speech is, of course, the place where we transcend isolated individuality and live in community with others. As words are shared between minds and meanings are shared between cultures. To emphasize, when we listen, we open to others' minds. When we speak, we are admitted into others' minds. Speech exists inside us, outside us, in between, inside and out, and beyond all such dualities. This shared community is not a new condition of Westerners. In the noble teaching of Vimalakirti Sutra, when Sariputta, the ancient Indian saint and foremost individual vehicle, disciple of the Buddha, is asked by the wisdom goddess to tell her how long he has been and what he thinks is his privately attained nirvana state. He doesn't answer. He keeps silent. She asks him, Why, venerable elder, you are foremost of the wise? Why do you not speak? Now, when it is your turn, you do not answer the question. Shariputta says, Since Nibbana is inexpressible goddess, I do not know what to say. She then rejects the usefulness of that silence in this case by saying, respectfully but firmly, Venerable Sariputta, all the syllables pronounced by the elder have the nature of Nibbana. Why? Nibbana is neither internal nor external, nor can it be apprehended apart from them. Likewise, syllables are neither internal nor external, nor can they be apprehended anywhere else. Therefore, Reverend Sariputta, do not point to Nibbana by abandoning speech. Why? The holy Nibbana is the equality of all things. This is why realistic speech, the beginning of the supereducation in ethics, is actually the guiding energy of all education in, dual, in non-duality, which also transcends the duality between the pair, duality and non-duality, not by merely avoiding duality through a dualistic silence. I think I did read that before. So... I'll read uh, this paragraph. This is under uh, speech as essential to learning, the mainspring of wakeful ethics. <laughs> One reason why many Western teachers and practitioners of Buddhism shy away from understanding 
the three super-educations in ethics, mind and wisdom, that constitute the Dhamma in practice, referring to them as the three trainings, is what we've all been educated, is that we've all been educated a lot already. Many of us have gone through eight years of primary, four of secondary, four of higher, and three to seven of professional education, and yet we're still anxious, insecure, volatile, and often depressed. Our education in Euro-American culture has not solved our problems of suffering. I have read this. Um, But that is not the fault of education and the speech it depends upon. It is the fault that we have yet to become properly educated to use speech to transform our minds. The educational speech of our materialistic culture is too unrealistic. It discourages us from understanding, persuades us that we cannot understand, indoctrinates us, and traps us in absolutisms and nihilisms. We have to become more self-aware and critically minded, and we will therefore easily see that ours is still a backward culture in some respects. Our worldview puts us in the awkward position of seeking knowledge of a material universe, a frightening infinite mass of quantities, the knowing of which involves counting and measuring them, the knowing of which involves counting and measuring them, which is obviously an endless effort and therefore a hopeless prospect. We are told that true wisdom is impossible. And so it is presented to us as tantamount to resigning ourselves to our inability to understand what we really are, what life is, and how we should live. So we have no alternative but to fit in with whatever orders we happen to fall under. And this is supposed to be okay, since it all doesn't really matter. It all comes to nothing at the end of the day. No wonder we become depressed, since in our heart of hearts, We sense that it does matter, that everything matters, and that there is more to it than just giving up the quest. Luckily, there are enlightened beings, Buddhas, awakened to reality and blossomed into meaningful abilities to help. Whether Buddhist or whatever else, the enlightened speech of such Buddhas is realistic It is scientific speech, which can often verge on the poetic. Aware of its limitations, whoops. It is also aware of its effectiveness in generating the experience of the inexpressible, which leads to positive transformation, frees us from negative conditioning, and opens our way beyond our assumed limitations. All supereducations rely on speech to direct the mind. So, I think this, uh, what he said about speech is really beautiful. So, let's spend the rest of our time together practicing. And I think the, the, uh, I love what he's saying about speech, that so many things are inexpressible, but 
when we sometimes poetry is that uh, language of expression, isn't it? And he's also saying we have to remember that the teachings of the Buddhas are actually scientific. And when we compare their teachings to science, I think in addition to just the essential uh, science, they've also added that other that the non-duality and uh, the beauty that transcends beyond just the science. But certainly their words are scientific. Science with hope. So why don't we sit together and just, um, I think today we can send, why don't we send loving kindness because we can think of people who uh, experience losses over the night. We've had so many tornadoes and the high winds and uh, such a different climate than we're used to this time of year. But I think we can uh, focus on our loving-kindness practice today, just thinking of those people and, and compassion at the same time, thinking of those who have been had uh, losses with all the high winds and uh, it kind of sweeps all over the central part of the country. So Just be in that comfortable position, but upright and awake position. Even if you're on your backs, you can uh, feel your spine lifting up. Feel it kind of stretching out. And just be aware of the body breathing. Roll your shoulders back a bit to just open up that chest. So your lungs are just able to easily take in more oxygen. Just begin by being aware of your body being aware of your body touching the earth, if your feet are on the floor. If you're on a chair or cushion, you feel the earth. Seeing our connection with nature. Again, this practice today will be focusing a bit on these elements of the earth. Wind is included. So these uh, strong winds and storms sweeping through the Midwest and the South.
So may all of us first begin with ourselves, sending that nurturing kindness to yourself. You may have had a fearful night. You may have had difficulties uh, just being comfortable knowing these weather conditions that are uh, new for this time of year in this part of the country. They may have brought some disease or discomfort to you or anxiety. So right now, may you be well and may you be calm free from anxiety. May you feel safe in the world. May we be at peace. Now move out with your feelings and moving away from just yourself. That's where we always begin. That's where we want to first build this quality of loving kindness within ourselves, this quality of metta. And then we can begin moving out and radiating it out to others. So now move out to the people closest to you, your family members and your dear friends. You can include your pets. May all of our loved ones feel safe. May they be free from fear and worry and anxiety. May they be contented. May they be able to experience joy and true happiness. May they be at peace. Now move these thoughts out further. Think of Think of all of the other people 
in the world who may right now be strangers to you. People you don't know yet. May all of these people, just like us, be free from fear and worry and anxiety. May they feel safe in the world. May they be able to care for themselves or be lovingly cared for. May they find true happiness. And may they be filled with peace. We can think of our difficult people, people in our lives, people we've known. Maybe just pick one difficult person and just send loving kindness to that person, recognizing allow yourself to send kindness, send peace, compassion to this difficult person. understanding that they're just like us. At some level, they've been hurt or harmed or unable to see clearly for themselves. Now allow yourself just to open. Feel yourself open up. Let your heart open up. And radiate this quality of loving kindness. We can include compassion with this quality. 
knowing that there are so many people suffering from often climate-related, stressful times, bad weather, conditions that are not helping them have enough to eat, not having water to drink. So all beings on this planet and all beings that are, who are invisible to us and all beings throughout the universe You can just allow this quality, which is a boundless, limitless quality, just allow it to radiate out. Feel the spaciousness when we can do this. Omitting none. We don't leave out any being human beings, non-human beings. May all beings everywhere be well, feel safe in the world, be free from fear and anxiety and worry and free from hunger and thirst and may all beings experience peace Thank you so much. May everything we do and say and think today, remember the words about realistic speech. May we do everything, say everything, not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all other living beings. So, thank you. Take time to breathe today. I think if you're feeling any stress or if you've had any damage at your home or maybe you may not have power, um, just remember to breathe. Just take a few minutes, sit longer now if you can, or just remember to stop during the day and breathe.
Just come back home for a while. Take everything step by step. So, may peace be with you. May everybody here be well, happy, and peaceful. <laughs>